Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. The most famous verse in all the Word of God, if you were to go and ask a stranger what a Bible verse was, you would get a few accounts from somebody, but probably you would run into a person who would say, oh, that's easy, John 3.16. John 3.16, I've seen it, and maybe they've seen it on someone's eye patch playing football, or maybe they've uh, seen it on a billboard somewhere, but the most famous verse, someone would say, is probably John 3.16. It's a very simple verse. It just says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a very simple verse. It just states the truth that God gave his son as a gift to the world. And the key to receiving the gift is just simply that, receiving the gift. It's a gift that's been given, but a gift that must be received. You know, tonight we go through, and this has been a little bit of a different take on on the Christmas story. You know, we kind of associate with a few of the characters in the Christmas story, and we hear from Mary and Joseph, and of course, just so you know, that really wasn't Mary and Joseph. I know a few of you were wondering, like, is Sam and Brian, is that cameo, what's going on? Uh, that That really wasn't Mary and Joseph, but perhaps it's what they were thinking. Those shepherds. Oh, so much could be said about those shepherds. That wasn't the real shepherds. We know that. And they didn't even know about who the Messiah was or Messiah or however you pronounced it on there. And then, of course, Anna and Simeon. It wasn't Anna and Simeon. If it was, she looks really good for being 105 years old. If you were here this morning, we talked about that. And then the innkeeper. You look at all these people and say, Pastor, why, uh, why take an outlook? Why, why do a Christmas program looking at stories of maybe the imaginations of people? There's one commonality with all of those individuals that are in, that, in, in the, the play tonight, on screen tonight. There's one commonality between most of the people, all the people that are in the choir tonight, and it's this. They didn't miss it. They didn't miss it. How many of you have ever ever given a gift to a child maybe three years old or under? You ever given a gift to a child three years old or under? Isn't that great during Christmas time? You get your kids up, and I remember uh, when when Dennis, of course, he's 13, and and, uh, Lena's 12, and Micah's 10. I remember when they were younger that they would come in, and of course, uh, man, we'd make a big thing of Christmas, and we have pictures of those first Christmases with the kids, and We'd get Dennis there, and he's maybe two years old, and, and Lena's just a little newborn, and, and they'd be there, and I'd give Dennis that gift. And he'd begin to open that gift up, and man, on the inside of that gift would be a, a cool little truck, you know, that he could play with, but he didn't get consumed with the truck. You know what he liked more than the truck? The box and the wrapping paper. Man, as a young parent, any young parents in here, let me just help you. Save money. Listen, yeah, buy a box and some, some uh, wrapping paper. It's called stewardship, okay? <laughs> I remember giving Dennis that little gift and that little, that little box, and, and it was the truck, the, that little Tonka truck maybe that I grew up with, and I'm thinking he's going to love it. 
And here he is, and he got the little truck, and he sets it to the side, and he just starts going to town with the paper in the box. He missed it. He missed what the real gift was. You know, there's a lot of people that they look at the Christmas story and they look at the story that we read in Luke chapter number two that Jesus came through a virgin named Mary, born to a man named Joseph who was not his biological father but was his uh, adopted father, if you will. It was a miraculous birth that was uh, dictated and that was given by God, directed by God. And God chose this young lady, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter number one, that she was one that she trusted in the Lord and she, she knew God and she wanted a relationship with God. And God finally came to her and said, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to bring the Messiah into the world. And she said, how, how can this be, seeing I don't know a man? I've never had a physical relationship with a man. I, I can't be expecting if I haven't been through that. And, and the Lord says to her, that which is inside of you is, the Holy, is, is given by God, is the Son of God given by the Holy Ghost. And she said those famous words that we heard tonight in Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 38 where she says, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. The Bible tells us that she would go in Luke chapter number two and Joseph, they would go to Bethlehem as we heard tonight. Give, a birth, give birth inside of a stable. Ladies, you've used hospital rooms and maybe you've gave birth in your home. I don't know anybody in here that's given birth in a stable. A cave in the side of a hill. And yet this... Mary, she gave birth to Jesus Christ, the Messiah of the world, in a stable. Thirty years would pass, and Jesus would begin his earthly ministry. He would live a life, the Bible tells us, that he lived a life where he did no wrong. It says in the book of Corinthians, in chapter number 5, and verse 21, that he knew no sin. That Jesus wasn't a sinner. See, he wasn't like you and I. You and I were sinners. Some of you are pointing at your spouse. Finally, he's preaching on you. No, Listen, we're all sinners. We've all broken God's law. Every single one of us. It's interesting. Uh, I was reading for, uh, I teach the Firm Foundations class, a couples class, and was studying for a lesson that I did recently. And uh, there was an old, uh, an old philosopher. I forget his name. He's a French philosopher and it came out that he said that, uh, that humanity is actually what corrupts children. That it's older, it's adults. Adults corrupt children. And if we would just let children be and not, not teach them, and if, if adults would just not be involved in children's lives, they would find out that children are just good people. He had children. Here's the crazy thing. He put them in a home, an adoption, and put them up for adoption, all five of his own kids, because he didn't want to deal with them. And yet he wanted to come out and be the philosopher to say that children have an innate goodness within them. I would sit Mr., I think his first name was Francois. I would sit Mr. Francois down, and then I would say, Mr. Francois, stand up again and follow me to the nursery. <laughs> You go upstairs tonight, and there's a room of children, five years old and down. And you know what you don't have to teach kids? You don't have to teach kids to sin. 
I never had to sit my kids down and say, no, this is how you tell dad a lie. You know, all right, Dennis, here's how you tell me a lie. I never had to do that. He just, he just knew. Did you know the Bible tells us that? It says this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man, every single one of us, we are a sinner, and the Bible tells us because of our sin that we're separated from God. You see, the wages of sin is death. The wage, the payment, the paycheck, what we deserve for breaking God's law, it's death. It's eternal fire. It is separation from God, eternity in hell. That's what we deserve. But can I tell you, that's exactly why Jesus came. The same verse that says Jesus knew no sin says this, for he made him to become sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made his righteousness. You see, 30 years after Jesus was born, he started his earthly ministry. And that earthly ministry, he went around doing amazing deeds, miraculous deeds. You, he healed the blind and the lame. He healed the sick. Uh, Jesus even rose the, the, those that were dead on multiple occasions. And you can go and do some research and discover Jesus living an absolutely amazing, astounding life. The Bible tells us that the religious philosophers of the day, they marveled at the words that Jesus Jesus taught. Not only did he have miracles, but Jesus had a wonderful message. He had amazing miracles, but he had a wonderful message. But can I tell you tonight that the entire reason Jesus came was not just for the miracles. It was not just for the message. No, the reason Jesus came was because of your sin and my sin. You see, after living 33 years upon this earth, a perfect life, the Bible tells us that he went to a cross. And it was on that cross that Jesus gave his life. They crucified him, a man who had done no sin, a man who even Pontius Pilate, who was the one who was the ruler that, was, uh, that, that determined his death, even he said, I find no fault in this man. They took Jesus and they nailed him on a cross. They nailed him on that cross and he suffered an undeserving death. But the Bible tells us that that death wasn't the end. You see, three days later, that man, Jesus, he rose from the dead. Man, he rose from the dead to prove that he was God in the flesh. You see, what God had said to Mary in Luke chapter one and verse number 35, hey, that thing which is in you is of God and will be called the son of the highest, the son of God. Listen, that same person rose himself from the dead 33 years later. Why did he do that? He did that to prove to you and me that he is the Messiah, the sent one from God, the one who has come to change the world. That's the entire reason that Jesus came. And we need to know this tonight, that they didn't take Jesus's life. He actually laid it down. John chapter five, or John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18, Jesus said this, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. And that's exactly what he did. And in Matthew 28, verse number six, the angels were there and uh, Peter and John were there and uh, um, um, uh, a lady came in, Mary came in and th these words are said, he is not here for he is risen as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. You see, Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He was crucified on a cross and then he rose again. But why did he do all of that? Well, Let's go back to that famous verse. For God so loved the world. You see, Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived a 
perfect life and was crucified, was born in a stable and, and went through ridicule and went through everything that you can find in the gospels written about him. He did all of that because of one word, love. Love. That's a word we toss around, isn't it? Man, I love pizza. You know, we'll say that. Man, I, I love ice cream. Talked about that this morning. Some of you are like, I love cookies. Pastor, shut up. I want me some cookies. You know what we do? We use that word love a lot. And so to help us understand the love that God had, there's a little two-letter word put in front of it in John 3.16. It says, for God so loved. That word so, it means it's indescribable. John is recounting to you and I, he's saying this, I can't even describe to you. I can't even, I can't even form it into words how much God loves you. You know, we live in a world that tosses around that word love, but a lot of people that have no idea what the word means. And while you and I go throughout our lives and we go throughout this Christmas season, there's people all over this world and maybe even in this room tonight that are like Madeline Murray O'Hare. If you know Madeline Murray O'Hare, she was one of the world's renowned atheists she fought against uh, prayer in schools and Bible in the schools. But do you know what she recorded inside of her diary? Page after page after page, these words were written. I wish someone somewhere would love me. I wish somebody somewhere would love me. We live in a world that's searching for love. We live in a world, we live in a, a culture where every single person is born with a love hole in their life. My friend, can I tell you tonight that that's the exact reason Jesus came. He came to fill that hole. For God so loved, and put your name right there. He loved the world, he loved you. You say, all right, pastor, that's great, but what am I supposed to do with this? Well, when Jesus came and he died on that cross and he rose again from the dead, he was doing that because he loved us, but he was doing that in order that we, number one, could have a relationship with God. You see, because of our sin, we're separated from God. We're born sinners. We talked about that, and we have, we have no way of, of reconciling ourselves to God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We are separated from him. Uh, 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 Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, uh, that we are all sinners, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That we need to understand that, his, uh, that our sin separates us completely from God. But... Since he loved us, he knew our sin separated us from God. And so he said, I'm gonna create a way that you can know God. I'm gonna create a way that you can have a relationship with God. I'm gonna create a way. I'm gonna create a way that you can have God as a father. And Jesus said this in John chapter 14 and verse number six, I am the way, I am the truth and I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
You see, Jesus was saying, you can have a relationship with God, but it's only through Jesus Christ. You can know the forgiveness of God. You see, our sin needs to be forgiven, but that's why Jesus came. When he died on the cross, he was the only one who could die in our place. He died for our sins. He died so I could have that relationship with God and so that I could have forgiveness. And Jesus died so that I could have eternity with him. Can I tell you tonight that every single one of us, when we die, we're gonna spend eternity somewhere. When you die, you're gonna spend eternity somewhere. You're gonna spend eternity in heaven or you're gonna spend eternity in hell. There's no midlife, there's, there's no uh, midpoint, there's not a, 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 a purgatory that you can be prayed out of. No, the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. And at that judgment, I'm going to heaven or I'm going to hell. And a lot of people think, they think, well, I'll just be a really good person then. I'll, I'll do a lot of good deeds. I'll go to church. I'll get baptized. I'll, I'll be this denomination or that denomination or I'll be this religion or that religion. My friend, let me just tell you tonight that there is no religion. There is no church. There is no pastor, bishop, priest, uh, imam. There is no one who can erase your sins and get you a, uh, an appearance uh, before God. There is no one that can make you right with God and give you an eternal life with God in heaven. There's nobody that can do that except for Jesus Christ. Because when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, he meant it. And it's not through some religious leader or some religious group or from this denomination or that denomination or these baptismal waters or the baptismal waters down by the river or whatever church you're from. Listen, this pastor, I cannot get you to heaven. I wish I could, but I can't. But Jesus can And it says this in Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A few verses later it's summarized this way in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever, that means anybody. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. You're right, but God does. And God says, whosoever. Well, but don't you think whosoever means, no, you know what it means? Whosoever. It's a great, I studied the Greek. You know what anybody means in the Greek? It means anybody. Man, we all just learned a Greek lesson. Man, it means anybody. So that means that the rich, they need Jesus. The poor, They need Jesus. The murderer needs Jesus. The liar needs Jesus. The adulterer needs Jesus. The five-year-old child that's only told a couple of lies needs Jesus. And here's the great thing. He's available to everybody. And you know what tonight's about? Oh yeah, we come and we hear some actors. We hear some great singing. But tonight's about this truth that a savior has come. These actors, in their real life, they haven't missed it. Mary, Joseph, Anna, Simeon, the shepherds, they didn't miss it. I just wanna ask you, have you missed it? Have you missed it? 
Have you missed the gift of Christmas, the truth that Jesus Christ loves you and he desires that you would spend eternity with him? And what he asks you to do is to simply receive him into your life. Tonight, you could receive him into your life. It's not by joining our church. It's not by getting baptized. It's not by any of the things I listed earlier. How you could receive Jesus Christ is in the quietness of your own heart. And in just a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to do that. The Bible says that you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You could receive him into your life by simply asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin and to be your savior. By putting your faith and your trust in him alone. By recognizing that you and I, we can't do anything to make ourselves right with God. God, I'm going my own direction and I can't make myself right with you. And so I repent. I turn to you. And tonight, there's someone in here that you need to turn to God. There's someone in here that you know if you died today, you, 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 you don't know you're going to heaven. And you're doubting, and that question's there, just thinking, have I made room for him in my heart? Have I missed it? Can I tell you tonight, you could leave and not miss it again. You could leave knowing that you're on your way to heaven because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.